Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and unfortunately, my partner, the King of Timonium, GQ, could not be with us this week. Had something going on in his family. Uh, wish him and, uh, and his family well. There was a chance he might stop by during the show, but I don't think he will. So we might get a popping appearance from GQ if we're lucky. Uh, and sadly, we're going to his neck of the woods this week. Our plan all along was to cover Laurel because they have a stakes-leading card. In fact, I will be at Laurel on Saturday and Sunday. So if anyone out there is going to be at Laurel, feel free to hit me up on uh, Twitter at BanditsBB. And maybe we can uh, meet up or you can join us for a little bit. And we're going to cover that late pick five, which includes, I believe, four stakes races. And this is GQ's backyard. So, and his boyfriend is running Cord Maker as well. So he wanted to be here. When GQ couldn't make it, he told me we were looking at some other sequences. I know Fairgrounds has a huge card, but it's so hard for me to bet a CDI track. Uh, we did it once on the podcast like a month or two ago. And uh, I just, I don't like doing it because I don't bet it. So I really didn't want to do it. So I'm sure every other podcast out there will cover fairgrounds, but we'll give you a little Laurel action here. And since we couldn't get GQ, we brought you a little local flavor. Someone who's been on the show recently a few times who knows the track extremely well. You can probably not even look at the PPs and just tell you each horse by name and what they do, how they run, what level they run at. We bring back friend of the show, Nick Spencer. Nick, welcome back to Better Betting. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> No problem. As long as you do well, we'll, uh, we'll keep having you back. We had a good week last week. Doug McPherson joined us, uh, analyzed the horses really well, but I know you're an excellent handicapper, and I always say I'm very picky who we bring on, which I probably shouldn't be because I have no right to be, but we really only try to bring on people who are really good handicappers and or betters, and uh, Nick falls into probably both of those categories. So looking forward to going through this pick five. I just thought it was a little chalky at the outset, so hoping to pick up a few prices here and there. Nick seems to uh, think that he can beat some of these favorites, so hopefully he can give you some good ideas out there, and we'll go through the uh, the sequence and see what we come up with. So I guess uh, without further ado, we might as well just jump into the handicapping. Race six at Laurel, the Nelly Morse, a mile and one sixteenth on the dirt, and it looks like two horses are going to be fairly heavily favored. According to the morning line, Miss Leslie, at eight to five on the morning line for Claudio Gonzalez and Alex Cruz, Angel Cruz, right? Is Angel? Angel. I always say it's like Nick's best friend over there, and I always call him Alex. I think there's an Alex Cruz somewhere, but I corrected myself today. And then the two horse, Kiss the Girl, Mike Trombetta with Victor Carrasco aboard. And we were giving Keith Fusel a hard time. He's a morning line maker. GQ was uh, texting him. I, I was actually almost upset at GQ because I wrote to GQ earlier today that uh, I think your boy Keith Fusel has never heard of Chad Brown making him eight to one on the morning line, his horse. And yeah, I mean, the horse probably has about that much of a chance, maybe you know, a little better chance than that. But um, it's Chad Brown. He's going to be bad, especially if Dylan Davis comes down. He's riding well. So uh, I don't think he'll get eight to one in the five, but uh, very possibly third choice though in this field, which still means a little bit of a price. So we'll see. Uh, Keith took the ribbing with good nature as he always does. So, Nick, since I'm a little chalky, I don't need to spend 10 minutes talking why the 5-2 to two shot or the 8-5 to five shot is going to win. Why don't you tell me uh, who you think you might be able to beat the chalk with in this spot? I was going to go with the horse you were just referencing, uh, the Chad Brown horse. Chad Brown, Golden, golden Plume, the 5. Uh, you look last time out, he got the lead from the rail, who I believe Andy Sterling, you said, said it was a golden rail that day. There's always a golden rail, but I was talking to Nick before the show. Uh, just looking up on Andy Serling's Aqueduct Trends, he had that as a inside speed bias day, and this horse rode the inside speed. If that's not the case, I like the horse too, but I'll let you talk about it, Nick. He, he did ride the inside, but he got a little tired late, looked like, and was ducking in and out. So I could tell he got a little tired, but he never quit trying was my thing. And it was the first time on dirt. It was in the slop. A lot to build off of in this uh, spot. It's a it's a big step up, but I don't see why Chad Brown couldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I mean the the good on the horse you kind of mentioned. He was in a speed duel too, a nine to one shot who faded to the back, an eighteen to one shot faded to the back. So he was in a three way speed duel that collapsed. 
Um, that, that's usually, I love that. And I do in this case too. Now, maybe he was riding inside speed, but if speed was so good, the other horses probably should have held on better. And granted, they were not on the rail like he, uh, she was, I should say. But normally I would love this horse. I still do. I like this horse a lot. I don't think the horse needs a lead as seen in the turf races. Now, Nick, are you a, a believer that, or if you have no opinion, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, they say sometimes a sealed track almost not replicates turf, but a turf horse is more likely to take to a sealed track than just a regular, you know, dirt track that's not sealed. Do you believe in that? Have you heard that? Any thoughts on that? I've heard that. I don't, I mean, I don't typically believe in it. I, yeah. I, I like going, like if you go to a turf or if you go to a uh, sloppy track, whatever, first time I particularly go off breeding just to see, okay, you're bred for it. You can, might be able to handle it. And that's about it. Yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully, if you like the five, it wasn't because of, uh, you know, the sloppy track last time. Because I thought the horse ran really well, like Nick said, to come in third. Despite that insane pace duel, I thought the horse was in. Uh, obviously, a step up in class is a tougher one. But last race was, to me, impressive. Again, if you're a biased person, you might not like the five as much. But I just don't think we'll get eight to one. I think maybe we'll get four to one at best. Uh, but hopefully, we'll get eight to one. And, you know, a lot of it depends on the seven. Who uh, Nick, you mentioned Frostpoint. You know, not that you have any inside knowledge, but you just have a feeling the horse might scratch, you're saying? Yeah, being cross-centered at Aqueduct uh, for Friday, I'd ex- I would I would think Vilmont goes to the, that race instead of the stake. I would think that he has a better shot at winning there than here, so he would take the easy money. And did you say the horse was 7-2 to in that Aqueduct race? Yeah, he was, set the, I believe, 7-2 to morning line. Well, and for an optional 62500 but no tag. Right. So the purse is a little lower, I, I would think. I didn't look it up like Nick did. He's better than me. But I'm guessing that purse is probably, what, like 75000 something in that range? Seven here, 80, I would assume. Yeah. So do they ship thinking they can win 20000 30000 more? Uh, not even that much. Probably like 15000 12000 more if they win this race. But this is uh, a couple tough horses in here. I hope the seven does come because I do not like the seven. And I don't know if I'm, I'm – actually, I'm looking at the pick six on Friday has a carryover. And I only looked at race three and four, so I actually didn't get up to race five. It's actually sitting right in front of me, the PP, so I can look right now. I was going to say, I hope this horse stays in Maryland because I can bet against this horse, especially if she takes money. But I might be better off if she runs at Aqueduct because I'm not a fan of the horse. And at seven to two, bet against her in that pick six that I'm going to bet in the carryover might be better for me. Uh, but I just think this horse had very good setups. Yeah, it was geared down once so easily last time, but there had a speed due to close into, so... Uh, and, and I, I just thought I had a great trip. So I'm against the seven. If she does run at five to one or anywhere close, I, I think the top two horses are, are pretty tough in here. Uh, Miss Leslie is a horse that we've talked about once or twice on this show. And I'm a huge fan of hers. I singled her uh, when she won at like 11 to one or nine to one, something like that. Uh, it's a long time ago. I'm living in the past already, but where was that? Oh, that was already April at Pimlico. So it's a long time ago, but she uh, got me a nice big pick five. And um, my wife at the time's name was Leslie. So I remember that horse well and followed her. Uh, but anyway, he's a horse who obviously numbers wise is very good. Uh, she ran a really good race two back, I thought, with a wide trip. And then last week, uh, last week, last race at Aqueduct in the ladies, whatever that is, handicap. Uh, she was three wide the whole way and she finished pretty well. She wasn't going by uh, the winner, but she finished strong. Um, I thought in that race too, despite the wide trip. So she definitely figures here, has run very well at this level, won the last two similar stakes uh, races at Laurel. So I think she's going to be tough. And then two, Kiss the Girl is, is also going to be tough. I, I thought her last few races are pretty good. The one at Laurel on the carousel where she lost to Miss Leslie, she had a three-wide trip that race. I mean, Miss, Le- Miss Leslie didn't have the perfect trip either that race. Uh, so it's not like she was better than Miss Leslie, but I thought she ran really well, and you can upgrade that on the wide uh, trip. The... She was also in that race with Miss Leslie at Aqueduct two back and she was getting a perfect trip. But then, and I bet her that day actually at nine to one. And then she lacked room in the stretch. It doesn't, oh, it does say paused off the heel. Sorry. And I think she probably would have won that race. It's hard to tell, but I think she might've beat Miss Leslie and Battle Bling uh, in that race. And I like Battle Bling too in that race. So that was a nice horse as well. But I just thought that she would have won. But again, it would have been with a perfect trip. So I'm not sure that she ran better than Miss Leslie, but I think she would have finished ahead of Miss Leslie with no trouble, even though I think Miss Leslie might have run a little better. And then last time she ran, okay. 
Um, I mean, she had a really good trip. She saved ground, but she won so easily. It was a restricted stakes race. She was even money. It was a weaker field than this, but I don't really have too many flaws on, on Kiss the Girl either. So this is why the sequence is tough for me because I'm not against these favorites, the two and six. And, you know, to me, it's a two, five, six. I don't really like anyone else. Uh, Nick, I don't know if you want to add anything. I spoke a lot on the favorites because I saw you disappear from the screen. I assume you're still there. There you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm here. Yep. All right. I was reading the I was, I was stalling in case you uh, walked away there. But um, oh, nope. is there anything you want to either add to Miss Leslie or, or Kiss the Girl I didn't say? Or do you want to talk about anyone other than the two, five, six? I 100% agree with what you said about Kiss the Girl two back. That paused off the heel that thought cost her. I definitely thought she was going to get there if it wasn't for that. Uh, Miss Leslie in that race, I thought was beat and determinedly came back. I, I thought she was going backwards, and the Angel went to the left-handed stick and kind of ducked back out at, and to, to the center of the track where the winner was. And she came was battling back. Angel did go on to tell me later on. I asked him, I was like, I thought you had to, I thought you were coming back and getting her at the wire. And he goes, yeah, I kind of moved a little early. I probably, if I sat there and wait, I'd probably get her. Yeah, so Miss Leslie could be, on a, could be on a four-race winning streak very easily, like you said. And I thought had a slightly worse trip because she was three wide uh, most of the way too. And even though Kiss the Girl had that trouble, had a perfect trip other than the trouble. So somewhat similar. Is there anyone else you think has a shot here you want to talk about? Or is it basically a, a two to three horse race with the two, five, six? I think it's a two or three horse race. All right. And for those out there who don't want to use Miss Leslie and Kiss the Girl, do you, do you have a preference? Will Angel get mad at you if you uh, pick Kiss the Girl over him? I don't think so. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> you have a preference over well, between I, the two I, of them? Uh, Assuming they're the similar odds or morning line odds I, are I would, accurate? I would, I would say Kiss the Girl because you'll probably get a better price on her than Miss Leslie. All right. Yeah, it's hard to separate. To me, it's hard to separate. Then maybe Miss Leslie's slightly better, but the price probably evens it out. Are you when you go back. Well, when you oh, go, go back three back, when you go back three back, when they both went against each other at uh at Laurel in the carousel, look at the rider kiss the girl, Carlos Lopez. Now you get Victor Carrasco. That's a huge rider improvement, in my opinion. So I don't take yeah. that. No, absolutely. So I I can't separate them too much either. So all right, let's go on to race seven, I guess. Uh this is the John B. Campbell, a mile on the 16th on the dirt, 100,000. This is for the boys. The last one was for the girls. And here again, we're going to have a couple favorites. I know we spoke briefly before the show, not about every race, but we spoke like for 10 seconds about this race. So I kind of know who you like here. And it's a horse that I don't like, but you're getting a price. So I'm glad you're taking a stab because I'm also, again, there's like one or two prizes I like in the sequence, but I'm having trouble getting to them early in the sequence. So unless you want to count the Chad Brown eight to one, if he's in, she's anywhere close in the first leg. So race seven, who do you uh, like for a price in race seven? Uh, my top pick would be the three gentlemen, Joe, Dennis Arujo for Hammy Smith. Who's actually, that combination has been pretty deadly here lately. They've been firing them off left and right. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of speed between the one and the four. So he could sit the trip on them. I don't think he needs the lead like he did last time and just got caught. I think he inherited that lead just because he broke from the rail going a mile and an eighth into the turn. And once you have the lead, you just keep it, basically. He didn't want to give – why give it up and lose confidence in on a, any of the slow pace. Um, I, second choice would have to be the four. Uh, Galerio supplemented in, which was interesting to me, how uh, Salzman didn't nominate, but then see the field did come up awfully light. Now he runs here, and you don't catch Cordmaker. He ran very game against Cordmaker, too. I don't know if you went back and watched the replay. I don't know. Yep. How, how do you see it? Well, no, I, I thought it was not like a bad trip, not a good trip. I, I thought he ran fine for the uh, race it was and against a better horse than, than this one. So, no, I agree with you. I thought he ran well. And I mean, the yeah. only other horse I'd use in there would be Torture Truth, maybe. And I don't even know if I'd use a horse. In a, if I'm playing a pick – Playing to pick five, I don't know if I've used the horse, but I would assume he, he should be able to get up for a piece of it coming late the way he does. With it, like I said, a pace, a, little, a nice pace set up for him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's impossible to watch the truth, the six. Uh, I just thought Save Ground had a really good trip last time. Granted, the winner kind of got away 
another winner. Um, the horse who he ran down, Gentleman Joe, is, who's in this race, had an easy lead. So I thought that was impressive that Torch the Truth ran down uh, Gentleman Joe. I, I really don't like either one of those horses in this spot. But like I said, uh, if you want an alternative, they're, I guess they're fine uh, to the favorites. I noticed you didn't say anything about using working on a dream. Is it just the price is too short or is there something that I'm missing about the horse that you don't love? I'm, I just think he caught soft fields last time, the last two times out. Those fields have not been that good. I mean, I, yeah, you catch Cordmaker's been the winner back-to-back times. Jack Queen King runs third back-to-back. But since then, it, the fields haven't been that tough. And he catches the lead and just falls apart. I mean, it doesn't fall apart, but backs up to him and uh, – I'd pass on them at the short price that you're going to get. Yeah, I kind of downgraded his effort in the Richard Small two-back. Uh, I thought the speed did okay in that race, and it wasn't like he was under a lot of pressure or anything like that. Fairly easy lead. He was pressed a little bit, but they, they kind of held on the speeds there. I didn't think it was an insane pace at all, even though it looks maybe a little fast, 47-2. Uh, last race, he stalked a 13-to-1 shot who faded. That was always mining he stalked, but always mining. For those who follow Maryland racing, I don't think it's the always mining that we saw in his three-year-old season whatsoever. So I don't know how impressive that is to put that horse away at this point. But, you know, he still faced pressure. It wasn't like he had an easy lead at all. He was stalking and kind of dueling on the lead for a while. So I thought his last race was pretty good. Again, he wasn't against the best horse there, but uh, got run down by Cord Maker, which no shame in that. So I don't have anything uh, against him. I'm kind of curious why he didn't, I don't know the answer, but I don't know why he waited this long, right? He missed the Jennings and, and some other spots he could have run in. So I, I don't know if something was off, but he ended up having a workout and ran 47 and one breezing uh, the same weekend or whatever as the, uh, as the Jennings was run that some of these are at least cord maker uh, one and Galerio came out of. So it wasn't like something was wrong. I don't think, but that, I thought that was interesting. And then you mentioned Galerio. That's another horse that's going to be tough. The four at five to two. Uh, I, I just thought he ran a nice race. Like you said, last time in two back, I upgraded the effort. Um, I thought there was a real pace battle uh, in that race. So I, I thought he finished really strong. And I know some people might be scared off. He's won for his last 12, but yeah, he's been running against fairly good horses. But yeah, I, listen, that might be cause for pause for some people. Short price, one to 12, uh, one for his last 12. I, I can see how people don't like that. But, you know, other than the one in four, the horse that I actually thought about which I'm shocked I'm going to say this, is the two forewarned. This is a horse I, I talked about before, but I'll be quick. I fell in love with him at Parks. I was at Parks maybe like two, th- maybe three years ago. It was pre-COVID, probably like 2019 in the summer. And I was uh, there, whatever. I was betting pick roll and pick threes, pick fours. I don't even think they had that pick five, but I wouldn't bet it anyway. It's a jackpot bet. And I was like rolling on the day. I was just hot that day. I got lucky, whatever. And there was a big speed bias. I thought I picked up on early and I just, bet speed and it was working for one was in one of the last races. And I loved the horse. I was going to single him. He was like eight to one or 10 to one. And like an idiot, I'm like speeds, but no one's closing all day. And I decide to go off of him and he wins and I would have made a fortune. So I'm like, wow, to win against a speed by. So I followed him from there and he's had some good races and he's had some crappy races. He always goes against a tough competition. He always runs on short rest Two back December 19th, the Queens County. At Aqueduct, I downgraded because I thought that was a big heated pace duel. Again, looking at time, you might not see that, but I definitely think he got an amazing setup at 42 to 1 that day against good horses, though. And he came back in the Jazz Lie was against him that day, and he did very little running that day. But again, those horses are as good or probably better than this field. And if the one goes, like you mentioned, possibly the four goes, I don't think the three is going. I agree with you on that. He probably sits, but there could be a battle amongst the, the two likeliest winners in my mind, the one working on a dream in Ford Galerio and maybe forewarn the closer that you want here. So I will work him into my bets. I, I don't know. Maybe he's kind of done, but he bounces back when you think he's done. He's uh, you know, you think he got rid of him and he comes back with a big effort. So I'll, uh, I'm not going to like go crazy on forewarned, but I'm going to use forewarned in my bets here. Nick, anything else? I talked for a long time. Sorry. Anything you want to add in this race or whether it's about forewarned or anyone else? No, that's about it. I will say, though, my dad was kind of disappointed that uh, the race for beer, obviously, who don't know, my dad owns Ain't the Beer Cold. He's a he's he's an allowance horse in Maryland, but he won last Sunday and he's, he was nominated to the John B. Campbell. And the allowance race that he won on Sunday 
the race didn't go Saturday. Well, if the race goes Saturday, he's in this spot 100%. And I thought, I'm thinking we could probably had a shot to probably pick up a piece of it. Yeah, the, the only thing, uh, I don't know if people care, but great to be a cold, the horse you guys own. There's a lot of speed here. So that, I guess he can sit, right? But, you know, it would be a hot yeah. pace here. So it might maybe it worked out better and yeah. you find another spot in, you know, two weeks or whatever you, you guys know what you're doing. So, but uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you for a hundred thousand dollar purse, get, you know, a check would have been nice. Oh, definitely. All right. So you want to move on, I guess? Barbara Fritchie time. All right. That's race eight, seven furlongs on the dirt, Barbara Fritchie. And it's a grade three. Uh, I think horses are a combined 0 for 1 on dirt in grade three. So it's not, I don't want to say it's a weak race because it's not necessarily weak, but I guess it's kind of weak for a grade three. And considering only one horse I think has even tried the dirt, uh, grade three on the dirt, and that horse is 0 for 1. Maybe going back, someone ran that I missed, but I, I don't think so. This is a race where I. I want to bet against this horse, the favorite. That's the two glass ceiling, seven to five morning line. But it's so hard to. This is the ones who I downgraded last few ever. It reminds me of last week when I was kind of ribbing uh, Doug McPherson was on the show and Baby Yoda was running in Tampa. And I'm, I'm anti-Baby Yoda because I think that he ran one race where he got a monster pace figure or speed figure. And I think it's baloney. And everyone's betting the horse off of that one figure. And he's a nice horse, but he's like an 85 to 90 at best buyer horse. And he's probably like a high-level allowance, maybe like an overnight stakes type horse. He's not a great stakes horse, in my opinion. Not that he can't win one. You know, if he was in this field, he'd be as good as anyone. He'd have a chance. But my point was, Doug said, eh, I don't love Baby Yoda. He's going to be a short price, but I don't like anyone else. I think the rest are weak. So he reluctantly went with them. That's how, and I was teasing him. I almost feel that way about glass ceiling in this spot. I just think this horse has perfect trip after perfect trip, perfect setups, he gets speed duel somehow in New York. I don't know who he pays off to get him or she pays off to get him. So I want to bet against this horse, but then I'm like, all right, is there anyone even close to this horse in this field? I'm hoping you can find one. I'm not going to single glass ceiling. I'm going to throw in a couple prices with glass ceiling, and I'm probably going to go three deep. I don't know if that's smart using a seven to five and two others, but I'm hoping to get one of those prices. Uh, so Nick, do you like glass ceiling here? Is that the horse you're going to kind of key in on, or are you trying to beat glass ceiling? I would try and beat glass ceiling. I don't know how tough the race is she was coming out of. I'm pretty sure was it two back you were against her? I, I'm pretty nope. I'm pretty sure I, I think it was a pick six and you were against her. I think you were on the horse that ran second. It and sounds about right. Yeah, you know what? I, I most likely because the October thirty one race I have was a deep closer favoring race because of some crazy speed. And uh, I downgraded. Yeah, two even monies dueled in that October 31. When you have the two best horses in the race killing each other in a duel, of course, the closer is probably going to win, or at least should win, and she didn't even win. So, yeah, I definitely downgraded that effort. So I'm pretty sure I was against her in the Garland of uh, Roses, which honestly is the best race she's probably run, I think, because the other two, the one October 31, and then her last race, January 23rd, she had amazing setups. At least in that one, she didn't necessarily have a great setup, and she still won, but I don't know what she beat. I know cold in the was it in in the cold here whatever the horse I ran second did run against Miss Leslie in the yeah. one stake in New York. It's cold but, in the hair. Uh, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, I'll try and look as you're uh, telling us who you're going to beat Miss Leslie on uh, uh, and was, uh, glass ceiling with. I'll, I'll see. Uh, I'll look at Miss Leslie's PPs in the meantime. You might have to go back and look at the actual chart. I don't think she hit the board. Uh, uh, well, I can see the race was, maybe, but oh no, I go was, ahead. I was on Jakarta. Hmm. The only question mark I had on this horse was coming out of Gulfstream. Like, it's kind of a quick turnaround. I know it's only eh, three weeks, but he still had a ship and all. Sat a nice trip last time, but then kind of got hooked going to the top, going into the turn, which at that point you can't, you really can't let a horse pass you. You just lose confidence. I know it was a 39 to one shot, but then she battled on Gamely and just gets caught. And hmm. She's she's really the class of the field when you look at it. In my so I don't know who else's speed, maybe the six. Yeah, I mean, we we covered that uh Jakarta race last time on this show and the inside information. She was coming out of grade two. That's a race where I really like four graces, and uh, I really expected four graces to do well. Unfortunately, four graces was bent down like two to one or something in that race. Came and said, ran fine, Julie Lepreau. Spot of the field, like 10 lengths for some reason with four graces, who's like more of a presser stalker type. 
So I was not happy with Julian Leperu that race. Uh, just one time was the outside horse for Irad, who was coming off of some insane um, pay, uh, buyer spit figures up at par, uh, Penn National, like 95, 96 buyers coming out of that race. I didn't think it was the greatest grade two, to be honest, because like, except for that one horse that won who had 90 something buyers, which I don't even believe, even though she won the race. You know, I thought the horses were like 85 buyer horses, which is still tougher than this field. Yeah. But I don't think it was like anything great in the field. And you mentioned it, actually. You, you made my argument against Jakarta. One of the horses that was stalking her was 39 or 30-something to one and held on for, I think, fourth, a very close fourth. So I don't think it was like some crazy pace. I know it says like closers, favor, and DRF, but that letter C is, a, if you're using DRF, ignore that letter that they put for closer speed. And it's all BS. It doesn't mean anything uh, or it's wrong every time. I can't blame you on Jakarta. Uh, I'm just going to take the approach that it wasn't as quick a pace as it seems. And I, I don't think the field was as good as a normal grade two. I can't blame you or anyone for taking Jakarta. As for the pace, you're much better than that uh, at judging pace than me because I'm, I'm terrible. But six does have some speed in this race. Um, even the one can show speed in this race. And I thought there was one other horse. Maybe that's it. Um, yeah, so listen, maybe Jakarta's just faster than the other horses and can get an easy lead. I'm hoping Frankie Pennington pushes the six. And listen, if there's also scratches, that changes what we think. If Bold Confection, the six or scratches, that changes the pace dynamic a lot. And then maybe I will be on J uh, Jakarta, but we're assuming everyone's running here. Um, but I I'm kind of against Jakarta. Uh, I can't blame you for using, using her, though. So you mentioned uh, Jakarta. Is there anyone else before I talk about one or two horses I like? I would use the horse on the outside belt the north, Jose Corrales and Horatio on a cutback to seven eights. Beat fraudulent. Just a cutback, or, or you have other factors? I mean, she beat fraudulent, uh, fraudulent charge, street loot going seven eights, two back. Just I just drew a line through the mile in the eighth race. Don't think that that was her game at all. Right. Um, the allowance race, she caught Moquist, who was Dale Capuano's monster of a Philly. So she's ran against some classy horse. I mean, in my opinion, some classy horses for Laurel for this group that she's in right now. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, fraudulent charge is not what she was. That was a horse. I, I'm sad every time I hear the horse's name because I, I swear there's a horse. If she got like ran somehow in the Kentucky Oaks, I was going to bet her at 99 to one. I love that horse as a young three-year-old and she was so good. I thought, and she was laid up for, like six months or something like that came back. Didn't get a win or two since she came back. And then she ran up the track the other day. I, I hope nothing's wrong with her. I have a feeling we're not going to see her again, but um, that's a horse I loved. And so beating her, I don't know how special that is, but, um, and I thought the horse, the eight Bell of North had a pretty good setup that day. There was a three uh, way duel up front that helped her out. So I actually downgraded the race two back. I thought her last race, and I agree with you, a mile is probably not what she wants, but I thought she ran pretty well. She made a pretty strong move against Miss Leslie, who's better than this field. And I think better than this field. And uh, I thought she ran pretty well at a distance. So I thought her last race was her best race. I thought two back, you can downgrade a lot. And based on that, I see her just trending in the right direction. So I think she has a definite shot here. The potential lack of pace could be a concern, but because uh, she probably will come from far back. But I definitely like her in this spot. Um, I, I want to talk about two horses, but I'm blabbing most of the time. Is there anyone else you'd like to talk about before I do? No, go ahead. Who do you like? All right, so I do think Leslie might be tough, but I'm, I, I really want to beat her in this spot. And the two horses I want to beat her with, other than the eight, because you mentioned three horses, the eight is one of them. The other two are the three, I'll start with a shorter price, uh, Kayla Soros, six to one, Tim Kreiser, who I believe is a uh, Penn National trainer mostly, uh, with, who is that, Julio Hernandez, Juan Hernandez? I don't even know. Do you know uh, first I don't know. I think it's yeah, Julio. Yeah, I think he rides in Penn National, too. I'm not a big jockey person, so it's not going to affect me too much anyway, the jockey. Because, uh, you know, if you have a no-name jockey or a weak jockey, you get a better price usually, so it offsets. Anyway, why do I like this horse? Horse is improved. Six-year-old, but has run much better the last few starts. Got claimed three back for uh, Tim Chrysler from Bruce Kravitz, another uh, Philadelphia, I think, Penn National mostly trainer. They're running the horse at Parks, which is, I think, a step up from Penn. So maybe they like the horse, but wasn't running anything special. But then in the race, she got claimed. She ran pretty well. She won easily. Granted, it wasn't against the toughest field, but she put up a good speed figure around easy. Goes to Laurel immediately on December 26th. Uh, won really easy. 
that race. Again, not a great, uh, you know, speed figure for this field has to step up a lot. But then you go to the last race and a couple of these, I think, are coming out of the What is Summer um, stakes race uh, and Laurel January 29th. And I was kind of impressed with that race. Came in second. Uh, check some on the backstretch. There's no head-on replay, at least I couldn't find it. So it's hard to tell how much that affected the horse. And I thought speed held fairly well, including some long shots, some uh, bigger prices held. So for that horse to close into that pace in a $100,000 stakes race in a grade three now that I don't think is the strongest, I, I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, I hope that the extra furlong is not going to hurt her. She generally finishes pretty strong. So I think the extra furlong won't be a big deal. Might even help. Uh, so I think that horse has a shot. Granted, it might need some help up front with a little bit of a pace, but shouldn't be that far back on the stretch out. And then the real bomb, if you will, if the morning line is correct that I like, is the five, Prodigy Doll. Again, don't love the horse, but I'm going to make a case for her. And here's my case as quickly as I can. Two back at Laurel, November 27th, at, in the safely kept 100,000 stakes race. Granted, restricted to three-year-olds. Dual the three-to-one shot who came in sixth. Now, a nine to two shot was also up on the pace, came in second, but I thought that there was a real good pace duel. And I thought the horse that came in second, Fraudulent Charge, was the horse, ran you know, the best of anyone that race. Fraudulent Charge came back to win. Again, Fraudulent Charge, not what she was, but still at that point was running decent. And I thought this horse uh, to duel in that race, I totally forgive that race. She comes off a two month layoff and goes January 29th in that what is summer, I think that's called the race that I just talked about with the three Calypsosaurus or whatever that horse is called, the three horse. And the five Prodigy Doll in that January 29th race was against the pace. I thought there was not much pace. Now, I don't know why the horse was so far back. Um, I don't think there was any trouble at the start. So I was a little surprised the horse was off the pace that much. And I think uh, on Saturday I can sit close and be just off the speed. You know, if the six goes and the seven go, maybe get the perfect trip behind them. But anyway, um, lost some momentum when he lacked or she lacked room at the top of the stretch. So right at the end of the turn, I thought the horse lacked room and really hurt momentum. And the horse, I thought, might make a move. It's hard to tell. And Nick, if you watch the race, you can tell me, you know, if I'm making this up and I'm not accurate. But I thought that horse was going to make a little run into a pace that really was not that strong. And I just think as a four-year-old was coming up a two-month layoff, now it's another race first time against older last time. I just think there's a lot of upside with this horse. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think this horse is trending in the right direction. And listen, is, is she likely to win? No. But do I think if they ran this race 20 times that she can win it more than once? Yeah, I do. So 20 to one or higher, I'm happy with this horse and I'm trying to get some prices and I want to use a three and five and eight in here. And as much as I think Glass Ceiling and Jakarta, both solid horses, I just, I got to beat some favorite and this is probably the spot I'm going to try and do it. This Nick, I know I played for an hour there. You got any thoughts on that? No, but this is your most likely like to blow the toad up. Um, yeah, I think I most people are going to use – yeah, most people probably use the two and, and the seven and move on, I would think, right? I would assume so. I mean, that's the two most likely mo most likely ones in there. Look at it for me. Yeah, and, and if I do leave out the two and the seven – since I'm pretty chalky and short in other legs, I'll probably, I don't want to talk about them over here forever. I'll probably add the one filet de spirit, if that's how you say it. I brutalize that name. And I'll add the four regal retort tours, who I think have an outside chance. I don't really like the four regal retort, but, you know, Thor is 10 to one. I think two back ran well, and that's it. It was a one-time wonder. But if I'm trying to beat the chalk, I might as well throw that horse in. And I thought the one ran well, two back. And last race stood in the gate. It says hesitated. The one filet de spirit. Spotted the field like 10 or 12 lengths last race. You can totally ignore the race of anything, give her a positive upgrade because for her to actually make any run in that race uh, was good. And uh, yeah, I I'm going to use the one uh, also, definitely. And, and the four would be like the borderline horse. At least you get Xavier back on the one. She's on her best running with Xavier aboard. That's, yeah. that's a, positive, a big positive in my book. Yeah, and that's Rob's main guy, right? Correct. Which obviously he went to uh, Princess Kokochin. That's why. That's where Xavier went last time. Wait, now who did she beat, Princess? She beat a big horse, right? Uh, uh, like a one to five shot. Was it? Hello, um, beautiful. Hello, beautiful. There you go. I knew you know that as a Maryland guy. Yeah, so that was a good horse and came in third in that race, and that actually makes me feel better about it. Maybe the fact that uh, the two horse, the two horse I like, came out of that race. So, you know, maybe it's a, a tougher race than it looks, and this is kind of a weaker Grade Three. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. 
Any anything else or anyone else? I don't want to rush you. No, sir. All right, we go to race nine, the General George, which I think was not called the General George last year. They like changed the name or something. They took out George, I think. You know, oh, no, I've always known it for the General George. Yeah, I thought they called it like the General last year, and there was a lot of flack, and now it's back to General George. I'll have to ask someone oh, who knows. Maybe, maybe, yeah, if you're I listening, pay attention, maybe. <laughs> if you're listening out there, let us know uh, on Twitter or whatever if I got the name right. We had uh, Dave Rodman on last year to go over these races, I think, and uh, I think he picked a Hibiscus Punch or whatever that horse was, like forty to one or something. So hopefully one of us gets a big price and, and we're right on this show like he was last year. Uh, all right, so in the General George, race nine at Laurel, seven furlongs on the dirt, grain three also. We have to talk about Cordmaker. Uh, GQ was sad he's not on the show, not because he wants to see me, because he couldn't give a crap probably, but his boyfriend, Cordmaker, his favorite horse in the world, is running, and he missed a chance to talk about him. So, Nick, I think you're going to make GQ upset by saying you're not on Cordmaker in this spot. So tell me if I'm right about that, and tell me why you think Cordmaker could be a vulnerable favorite. I don't know how Cordmaker. I mean, I don't go on one turn. He cuts back to the one turn mile, or going seven eighths now, not even a mile. I don't know how he's going to do shortening up. There's not much speed in here. I can't. I'm kind of having trouble figuring out who's going. My top pick, I landed on threes over deuces for Gary Capuano. He can go if he wants to. I really liked his last effort. It doesn't say it in the chart or in the comment line, but I thought he got steadied coming to the top of the lane. He was sitting there waiting. He had he had run. He didn't even Robin called him. It was like uh, full run at wait or wait behind horses full run or something like that. And by the time he got going, obviously wonder where Craig is. Brittany Russell's horse wired the field, but Shaq Queen King had to jump on him on the rail, and he wasn't. He he probably run. I would say he runs second. He doesn't catch wonder where Craig is. But he definitely could have ran second if he had some had space to go. Now he breaks somewhat to the outside. I like him. If he sits, I really like him in here. But I, I'd be against Cordmaker. Although he's in really good form, I, I would try and beat him just because I don't think he's caught much of a competition. I mean, he hasn't really faced anybody. Like I said earlier, the one stake came up late, and that's everybody coming out coming out of the uh, John B. Campbell is in everybody in the John B. Campbell. Is basically who's cord maker beat, and I thought the the John B. Campbell came up late, so I would take a shot here and try to beat cord maker. Yeah, I don't know. Cord maker is going to be a little tough, I think, but uh, you can give good points. And anytime you can beat a favorite, especially an even money shot, go for it. So um, I, I'm going to take my chances against Glass Ceiling and Jakarta probably, which maybe is kind of suicide, but. Um, I'm probably going to use Cornmaker and chalk out in this spot. But the funny thing is the other horse I like, we don't really have to talk about Cornmaker. His numbers speak for himself. He runs game. His 102 buyer two back, I did downgrade because I thought he had a very, very, very good trip, although he won easy. Um, but even without that, he's, you know, he's like a high 90s buyer horse. He's consistent as hell. Uh, he's run well at seven furlongs, but it has been a long time. But, I mean, if you look at last race, he basically won the race at the seven furlong point. He was in first, so... I don't think it'll be a problem for him. So, uh, but we'll see. Um, but I'm not going to try and be cord maker. And again, maybe I should single because he's going to be short price, but I'm going to use the five also. That's the other horse. And you said everything last race. I, I just want to add two back in that race where he got the 88 buyer on uh, December 26th. He was four wide in that race. I upgraded that with a very wide trip. He covered a lot more ground than everyone else. And he finished really strong. He only won by head, but he was really moving at the end and pulling away. So I was really impressed with that race. In fact, I don't know if I bet Laurel January 29th. I probably didn't. Uh, but if I did, I, I would think I took this horse at 14 to one in that spot. Um, so I probably had him. I definitely didn't have Shaq Queen King in that race at seven to two, who came in third. I definitely would have bet three overduces because I loved his race two back. Uh, and he was improving and all that. So yeah, I'm, I'm basically two five here. Let's just run through the field quickly. Um, War Toxin, I think not much of a chance. Any Anything on War Toxin, the one? No, I... If he wins, I'd be very surprised. All right. We talked about two a little bit. Cord maker, you know, tough, but you're willing to take a shot against. I'm probably not, uh, but I commend you for trying. Uh, the three horse, Shaq Queen King, to me, it is a horse who um, maybe six furlongs was too short for this horse last time, but wasn't gaining. I don't think finish is strong in any of the races. Now, there's seven furlongs and not the mile and the 16th mile and eight, so maybe he has better finish, but I I'm against this horse. Not that. Shaq King can't win, but I don't really want this horse. Anything on – don't let me influence you. I should have let you speak first, but 
Anything on no. Shaq Queen King? No, I think he's a plotter, just the way his running style is. I remember uh, it might have been two or three back when he faced Cordmaker. He just – he looked like he had horses. He was going to go on by with them. I think it, was, it had to be three back in a Richard Small. I, he looked like he was going to be awfully tough and give Cordmaker a handful and just Cordmaker went on by easily. So yeah. – and he kind of just like, you know, just strolled home, never really picked up his feet. I just think he's a plotter. Like yeah, and, and that's what I was saying about like, not, Yeah, not really a strong finisher and all. So, and when I'm looking at replays, and maybe Nick, if you want to chime in on this too, because you watch a lot of replays and watch a lot of races, but a lot of people are into the gallop out. And that's fine if you like gallop outs, Nick, you can tell us in a second. But I don't care about the gallop out personally because who the hell knows if the jockey pulled the horse up or, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they didn't want to gallop out. And, you know, just because a horse blows by other horses on the gallop out when the other horses stop running. I couldn't give a sh- crap about it. I don't want to curse too much. Um, but I do like to see how they're finishing and like how would it have gone if they went like another five steps past the wire? Uh, not even how they did, because they can be pulled up right at the wire, but like anticipate based on, you know, one horse is gaining and was two lengths back in the 16th pole, misses by a nose and then is flying by at the wire. To me, that's like impressive. They just maybe mistimed or just missed, but or maybe the jockey on the winner timed it perfectly. So I like how they finish. I love that. I don't care about the gallop out. Do you look at like the finish like that at all? Or does that not really concern you? Do you look at gallop outs at all? If you can. I look at gallop outs when it comes to maidens and especially stretching out. If you find a maiden stretching out, say he goes three quarters and he's after the while, say at Laurel and you're going three quarters, you hit the first finish line and um, he's back maybe three or four, four or five lengths, but he looks like he's rolling. And then you watch the gallop out and he's like 10 in front into turn. Obviously, that horse looks like he wants to go longer. You might be able to catch a price on him. But if it comes to these type of horses, no, not really. I, like you said, I watched the finish, watch maybe the last quarter quarter of a mile and see how they finish up. But no gallop outs really don't factor in, in this kind of field. All right, good. I, I agree with you there. And, you know, listen, when you're watching uh, replays out there and you're looking for the finish, obviously if a horse was in a huge duel and is gasping at the wire and just holds on, don't hold it too much against horse if, if he or she survived some huge duel. Of course, they're probably not going to finish that strong. But assuming it's not a situation like that, I like to see how they're finishing. All right, the four, so Alfred James. This horse you think is going to be the speed of the race or show speed? I don't know. I, I, don't, I would assume that he's going to show speed. I'm kind of curious on who the rider's going to be. At first, I thought it was going to be Malcolm Franklin, and then I seen he was named on the sixth. Yeah, they listed but, McKee. I know when I printed the PPs, they didn't, but when I checked. I, now, they can always change it, but, yeah, McKee is listed on this horse. So, if that's okay. true, he's coming in from, I guess, Turfway, wherever he rides. Yeah. But, yeah, I would assume he's going to be the speed of the speed. And that's – I'm, I'm pretty sure I bet him last time out, too, at Turfway. Who? And, I'm, and <laughs> I hope I, not. I'm pretty sure I did, but uh, I thought he was going to be the speed there, and he did not make the lead. So, yeah, I don't know what happened. Last, I mean, he ran like crap last time. It really lasted. And we want him. we want him right back, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I guess it's hard to say he didn't like the uh, the the synthetic because he put up a huge figure. Granted, with an easy lead, but he put mm-hmm. up a huge figure three back. So it's hard to argue that you can argue the turf race two back. He just didn't like the turf or. Five furlongs, five and a half furlongs, you know, whatever. You got, I didn't even watch the race. It says he has trouble. So maybe he had really bad trouble. But to ignore two races, maybe different services. Last dirt race wasn't bad. He ran in Oaklawn. And I don't think it was like a race that favored speed. I don't, you know, it wasn't like a heated duel or anything. But I don't think it like was a soft pace and it favored him. I just thought he ran a 91 buyer legitimately in a decent allowance race. So I'm not sure what to do with him. Uh, I mean, I said I'm, I'm on the two and five, but I'm not against the four. That would be my, third or fourth pick here um do, do you give him a chance here or no i would toss him toss him okay yeah and, and that's what i'm leaving because if he's my third or fourth pick three to one and i'm already using a lot of chalk I, i'd rather bet this for a few dollars to pick five with small you know not spreading much than spreading to hit it for 300 bucks or something like that what do you do uh the five we already spoke about we both like the five uh considerably here three overduces and eight to one the six timeless bounty this is actually my third pick if i had a third pick and I might throw this horse in uh, the pick five. Again, I got to formulate the ticket, see the scratches, how deep I'm going. But I- I'm going to try and work this horse in um, the sixth timeless bounty. Do you, do you give this horse a shot at all here, or are you against this horse? 
I would be against this horse. I didn't understand how you take the horse for 15, run third for an optional optional 25, and then win a $250,000 stake. Just magically get that good. Well, the trainer magically got him good, has him again, so. That's true. <laughs> Maybe that he'll get true. magically good again. I don't know this guy. I don't want to accuse him of things, but I never heard of D. Wilson. Is that Doug Wilson, the former Capitals defenseman, or someone else? I don't know. You get Malcolm Frank- Franklin, though, the, a former Maryland rider coming back. <laughs> I've heard the name. I don't even know. Does he ride in uh, Ohio now? I have no idea. Yeah, he's out in Ohio or Kentucky. I think he's out in Turfway. Right oh. now. All right. Well, he's 17%, so he's capable, I guess, right, wherever he's riding. Yeah, this is always interesting because if you watch that um, Mahoning race, you would say, oh, he put up a great – like he runs 75, 79 buyers, like in that mid to upper 70 buyers. Puts up a 92 two back at Mahoning in a stakes race, a quarter million dollar race. Uh, now, if you remember, um, Baby Yoda was in that race, had a lot of trouble in that race, and I don't love Baby Yoda, so I don't know if that means anything, but – uh, you know, it's a decent field. The horse was 60 to one. So obviously the horse were running 80s to 90 buyers that he was running against. And you would think, oh, he put up a crazy figure. He came from way back. It must've been an insane pace and all that. But if you look, Speed did fine in that race. He was one of the few horses that actually closed. So he ran really, really well. It wasn't like some dressed up effort where he got a great setup. Then I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe they were thinking they can come in like third in a grade one because it wasn't a big field. Or you figure a lot of those raids come up with like five horses. I guess that's what they were feeling. And maybe some horses duel with flight line in a grade one Malibu and he can kind of suck up for third. I guess that's what they were thinking. Um, I just tossed that race. It was an impossible spot. Yeah, he ran like crap. It says he was shuffled back. He wasn't really shuffled back much. I don't think that was really nothing. He just didn't run. But, you know, that's like throwing me out in a game against uh, – you know, basketball game with all NBA players. I'm going to be shell shocked. I'm going to, I'm going to not even be able to catch the ball. Probably I'm so shell shocked. And then you put me back in a game where it's a little easier spot and I'll be fine. Uh, you know, hold my own or whatever. Maybe not that good, but hold my own. And I kind of look at that last race. It was just too tough. I, I just don't worry about it. Just totally toss it. I don't know. Can he run anywhere near that race two back? If he does, he, he can win this. So to me, it's the odds on him. If you're getting 12 to one, he's worth the, inclusion if he's like five to one and they're betting him off the two back and seeing flight line in the pps you know he's probably not worth it but most likely i'll try and throw him in because i think it'll be a little bit of a price and hope keith fusel who we mentioned before is right with the uh with the price there um the worst that i'm totally tossing i'm not worried about it at all and i maybe i'll pay for it is air token nine to two i saw he had a perfect trip last time nick it's okay if you disagree with me do you think air token has a shot and people might want to include I mean, I would, underneath maybe third or fourth, I could see. But I agree with you that he had a beautiful trip last time. You couldn't ask for a better trip than what he had. Yeah, just that off that and, speed duel, right? Yeah. All right, so. Um, I, don't, I mean, I could t- if the horse upset, I could see it. I, I can make a case. But, okay, he's, he's, been, he's been close before. So, if he does win, I wouldn't be shocked, but. He would need to bring his A game. Yeah, I'm just curious how the pace is going to play out because it, it, I don't know. So Alfred James should be the speed, you would think. I don't know what else we got speed-wise. I'm, I'm terrible, I said, at judging pace. It mm. doesn't factor in too much. But, I mean, do you see any – how do you see the pace? I mean, that's a big uh, part of this uh, race. Maybe threes over deuces to go. Yeah. It's possible, or especially stretching out to seven. Maybe chord maker possibility yeah i would think the horse would be close there's only other two i could think yeah so interesting you know for the pace handicappers here take a look at and see what you think about uh about this race but so to recap uh nick you're on the five three overduces is there anyone else you said you want to use i I forgot i'm sorry no just be cord maker okay and and i'm on the same too i mean nothing special with cord maker three overduces and then if i throw in the third horse it would be timeless bounty uh, my fourth horse would be the four, and that's the sixth horse, the four Sir Alfred James. I think it's a shot, especially if you think he's the only speed, but I don't think I'm going to go four deep here. This is a lot of chalk for me to eat, but it's possible. If I had a long shot elsewhere that I was keying on, maybe, but I'm really not. Uh, unless beating Glass Ceiling and, uh, and Jakarta gives me that much value that I can afford to go four deep there. We'll see. All right, so let's go on to race 10, the one non-stakes race in the sequence. It is a $5,000 claimer. claimer for horses who never won four races or haven't won a race since August of last year. 
And in this spot, there is one long shot I think has an outside chance here. But again, the two chalks just seem much better than everyone else. And we'll see if you agree. So, Nick, who do you see in race 10? I would, if, I would single Congress all personally. I just think she's coming out of tougher races. I get their nickel races, but too bad comes out of an open nickel last time out called Beverly, who was dropping in from 16. And actually, I thought Congress Hall was a winner that day. Once she went on by Beverly, but she came, Beverly came back to get up. I, I, I mean, cut back, I guess, to seven eights. But even going seven eights, last time she won seven eights was in the Maryland Million. And a starter in Calypso Ghost won. And she's just a – Calypso Ghost is a hard knock in Philly. Just winning everything right now. I'm pretty sure she's in starters. Starters are open. And just winning back to back to back to back to back. One another one, I believe last week. I don't know. But yeah, I'll trust I would you. just single Congress Hall. All right. And again, I, I know none of these have a lot of wins, but are you scared off that she's only won one of her last 20? Or are you just saying running most, and a lot of them at a somewhat similar level, but you're saying in general, tougher fields and, and some of those races against tougher. So you're not worried? I, I just think she's called tougher competition. And this is, if, yeah, if she, if, yeah, no, I'm not worried. And you get Grant Whitaker, her go-to rider, because Mario Saray has two in here. And Grant Whitaker has been riding both. I would say he's going to go to the liver horse, the more lively horse. So, <laughs> Yeah, although I see it. that second, uh, you know, that other Bobka, the other trainer, when the horse trainer has two, the long shot always seems to win. Uh, yeah, and Tyler Saw, I, I would upgrade the last start also, not just because you're saying it was a tough field for the level, at least for every, um, a little bit of a wide trip. And kind of ran into a strong pace, made it three across on the turn. And um, the other horse up on the pace was the winner, Brevery, who was six to five. And you said was a good, very good horse for that level, who won the race, but also a five to one shot who kind of faded to the back and finished last, actually. So um, made a wide move into a strong pace. Uh, even though, again, you look at the pace, it looks like there's not a strong pace, 25 and 351, but. First of all, the track variant was a 35, so the track was very deep playing slow that day. Secondly, I've said this before on the show, I don't care about the times. Timing issues are so bad. I look at how they're running and if they're dueling each other, if they're you know kind of going easy up front. To me, that's more important than the, uh, the actual time. Uh, not that I disregard the time totally, but I think that was a, a decent pace. And that's an example if you have the DRF where there's an S there, like it favored speed that race, but it didn't favor speed. I, I don't buy that at all. If anything, it favored closers. And uh, while Congress Hall closed the six horse, again, she made that early move. So I think she stands out in this field like you. The only other two horses that I think have a, a shot to beat her. Um, one is the horse that uh, it's a short price. One's a bit of a long price. So I'll lean more on the long price, but I'll start with the short price. That's the five Danny Deep Cuts. This is a horse who won for non-winners of three, uh, three races ago. So that's like a step below this because this is a non-winners of four. Won that really easily. Stepped up into a starter allowance two back, which is going to be tougher than this. Now, the horse was five to one in the race, so it probably wasn't the toughest starter allowance. Although Calypso Ghost, you mentioned uh, decent. I think you mentioned, was that the horse you're talking about? Yep. Yeah. So decent horse there. So I guess it was somewhat decent field, or at least with that horse. And that horse got beaten. A couple of horses came out to win. The winner came back to win. Anyway, the horse, five Danny Deep Cuts, two back, did nothing in that race. Broke slow. I didn't even watch it. I just kind of tossed the race. Uh, now that I'm tossing, I'm keeping it in mind, but I, what am I going to get from a replay? Ran back at this level last race with seven to two and chased the nine to five shot, who finished second. So at least did some running. Wasn't a very impressive race, but at least did some running in the race where a lot of these have done no running. So I didn't think Danny Deep Cuts was impossible at all, but. Five to two, second choice. It's just not many alternatives. What, what are your thoughts on Danny Deep Cuts? I just downgraded the horse because of the rider change. I didn't like Ricardo uh, Monterey getting the board. I would have taken the the bug the bug boy. That's how I see it. But I could, I could see the horse winning. Yeah, just not, not in the toughest field. No, not at all. I was kind of curious on the horse on the outside, though, too. I don't know how you viewed suggestive honor. Yeah, I know. I have no clue what to do with that horse. Taking the blinkers off and just 
second off of long layoff. The, but I don't know. Now, yeah, the horse didn't run at all. Was against much better horses in stakes races. But when a horse is running against stakes competition, come is off for like what six, seven months, comes back at the bottom level. Granted, it was open company, so it was tougher, but uh, I don't Screaming know. issues. Yeah, something's wrong with the horse. And, but you broke bad. Yeah, listen. So if, me, you wanna, if you want to improve anything. Yeah, I mean, listen, maybe you didn't like the blinkers. Maybe you needed to race off the layoff. Was a little tougher field, although you got Congress Halls back here. But um, I, I wouldn't argue, especially if you're getting 10 to 1, I wouldn't argue or talk you off the horse. And, and Vera has good numbers usually, but um, it's not a horse I would normally bet. The only thing is, weak field and 10 to 1. So at least you know the horse is capable of winning, where some of these are probably not capable of winning. So I can't say no to the seven. Not the horse that I would love, though. The, the long shot that I kind of, I don't want to say I like, but I would give a shot to. And if you're playing jockeys and trainers, then I would be like, don't take this horse because I've never heard of the trainer. I've never heard of the jockey, I don't think. <laughs> That's the one, our true sensation. Um, this is a horse whose last two races are at this level. Also, he was, so it's not like he's dropping or she's dropping. We're pretty, pretty awful. Pretty, pretty bad, right? The only argument I have that maybe you can make is this horse hates the mud, the sealed, sloppy tracks. And this horse is 0 for 10 with only two-thirds on the wet. And if you look at the dirt fast track, has a decent record. Um, so if you go on the impression that this horse sucks on the wet, which is very possible, well, not possible, it's true. Now, maybe the horse sucks on the dry, too. But you take that back. You go back three back. She ran against better horses, 10,000, actually 12,005 down to 10 open claimers, a better, much better field than this. I thought the horse ran well um, in that race. Shuffled back. It doesn't say it on the turn, but got a good setup, I thought, uh, to close into. But still, shuffled back, um, but still got a good setup. It ran okay against better. So... If you toss the last two races, this horse would be the second favorite probably in this spot, if not the favorite, probably second choice to the six-horse Congress Hall. I'm just hoping she doesn't like the mud and she wins this at a price. I'm not a big jockey person. I, I don't care. You know, call him whoever he is. You, you probably know these people. I don't. But, um, you know, maybe the distance is an issue. Never won seven furlongs, but who's she going against? They're all going to be staggering home at the end probably anyway. What what? First of all, can you tell us anything about the trainer or the jockey? And secondly, is my logic uh, stupid? No, I agree with you. I, don't think, I think the horse absolutely hates the mud. Um, the only time it's actually hit the board was at Charlestown, and all you had to do is have a heartbeat to hit the board up there. Because Charlestown, you go to Charlestown, if you're coming from Laurel, you should be able to hit the board. Mm, I, I would also toss the four-and-a-half races up at Charlestown because she doesn't have that much speed. So going four and a half at Charleston, if you're not close to the pace, it's kind of really hard to close. But yeah, if you go, I mean, the open nickel race, yeah, she had speed. It was a very slow time. It was a slow fractions for that track during October and November, whatever. The track at Laura was actually typically faster. Mm -hmm. But now you're seeing you're seeing half miles going 48 and crawling home. Back then they were going 46 and change, 40, 45 and change pretty regularly. So I would say that that probably she wasn't flying, but she probably had an easy lead from how I'm reading it. I didn't go back and watch the replay. You probably did. Yeah, she was stalked. Uh, she didn't have an easy lead. She was stalked by a four to five shot and won the race. He was right on her. Or she was right on the hip of uh, of our true sensation. And a four to one shot kind of stayed third the whole way. I do agree. It was she was pressed a little bit, but it was a fairly soft pace. Speed held. I definitely downgraded that 56 buyer, but I upgraded the next race where she got the 40 buyer for the reasons I said she got shuffled back against better. So I, I upgraded that race. So, you know, so she's probably somewhere between those two, assuming you can cross out the last race, which gives her a chance here, but you can cross out a lot of races on the form. Just because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of slot mode and four and a half, like I said. So yeah, yeah. if you do go back to the dry races, yeah, she probably fits in here and makes a logical sense compared to some of these. Yeah, and then um, 
I mean, at least the two, I don't love the two at all. I'm probably not going to use the two my way or else, but at least this horse has some back races at a similar level that are competitive here. I don't know how she qualified. I know this is off on a tangent, but I was confused. If you look at the two, four backs, she ran the non-winners of three lifetime, yet she had three wins. Am I missing something there? Never four. This is never that? four race. It's, what are you talking about? How she uh, how she uh, eligible for which race? November 27th, non, claiming non-winners of three lifetime when she already had three wins. Am I missing no, something? No, she, she had two. No. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Uh... I don't get that. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. One, could, one, one could have been. Like, a, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, you think like I have no clue. Yeah, I, I don't know. Could her maybe her maiden win was like at Charlestown or something for like four thousand? They don't count like under five thousand, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, could it? Oh, it says yeah. Here, could, races. You know what? I answered my own question. I think it says in the in the conditions for this race, races were entered for four thousand or less, not considered. So she must have broke her maiden. And she raced at Charlestown. Maybe they do like 4,000 mating claiming, something like that. I don't even know. Or she ran somewhere for 3,500. All right. I answer my own question, even though it's kind of meaningless. Yeah. I don't, so, I don't know how she got unless Unless a race was on a protest or something. Yeah. No, I think what I said, I think it must have been a cheap mating claim under 5,000, under 4,000. But um, do you, like, again, if you go back a few races, she was putting up like 50, 54 speed figures, which are buyer figures, which are, you know, good enough basically to win this her last two weren't too good though do you give her any chance here or i mean everyone has a chance but would you use her here oh uh, i can uh, sorry to interrupt i can answer your uh question it was a never three or three-year-olds and she was ah, a three-year-old very there. good clever so i was wrong you were right very good i'm glad you checked i had to look it up all right sorry you cheated i didn't but you know if you want to win that way that's okay um <laughs> you ain't cheating you ain't trying backwards <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the Baffert School of uh, Thought. Anyway, you think you give the two, and, and why don't you say something about the three before we wrap up? Also, because these are two of the horses that'll take a little money. So the two, my way, Ralph six to one, the three, Family Fortune nine to two. They have numbers in their PPs that are good enough to win this. I don't like either one, but do you think either one, or are you gonna use either one? No, I wouldn't use it. I mean, if I'm going vertical, yeah, I'd use the probably two and three underneath. I could, I would. I would look to see if you try the longest price on the board and start using bombs underneath mm-hmm. just to try and get paid. Because I think this is one that once you go past the favorite, I think you can might be able to catch a price underneath because just everybody's running line is basically the same. Nobody's really stands out like, oh, these are the top two in the field. But, yeah, I could uh, – the three, I could see last time out and what, a beaten condition, same condition. Yep. On six, but now has been on the shelf for a couple months and may may have been a little bit of issues there. So they got that resolved. I worked a 35 at Pimlico a couple weeks ago. It was a pretty impressive work. My only question with that horse would be if she's fit enough. My, yeah, I would she say she seven, probably, going seven for a long, she usually runs six. Um, so yeah. that extra for a long might hurt. That would be my only question with that horse. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. If I was betting this race vertically, which I might, because I'll, I'll be at Laurel, so maybe I'll, uh, you know, being at the track. But by then, I'll, <laughs> I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, Ed, who better be listening. Actually, he'll be in the car with me, so he has to listen. I'm making him listen. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be betting like Tampa has a nicely pick five on uh, Saturday. I'm not going to bet fairgrounds, but uh, Oakland has a uh, big fields and even Gulfstream late pick five. I'm going to look at one or two of those sequences. So I don't know how much I'll be betting vertically at Laurel, but. I agree with you. I would probably put, unless the horse is like two to five, three to five insane. But if the morning line is accurate at all, I would probably put Congress Hall, the six on top, and then look for some prices underneath, maybe even try and sneak the one in. So I might bet like six with one with like three other prices and then six with a few prices with the one, even though I think the five is okay. Maybe try and beat the five. If, if the five is the second choice, beat the three or the two, whoever's like the third choice or whatever, second choice. Um, but yeah, I might try and link the six on top with the one underneath in second or third vertically. So I tend to agree. I don't think the four has much of a chance, but who knows in this field, uh, is there anything else you want to, uh, add on this race or the sequence in general? No, not really. I think we covered it pretty well. All right. And, uh, I will be seeing you at Laurel. I assume you're going to be there. You said, yeah, I'll probably make it up for the last couple, probably the last four. On Saturday? I would assume. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I got to work earlier in the day, so I'll probably be out for the last four. 
All right, we're trying to drag GQ on Sunday. He's got a lot going on, but hopefully he can make it Sunday. And uh, our friend Tom, if he gets permission from his lovely wife, uh, which I think he might have gotten, he'll uh, he'll join us on Sunday also. So if you can come out, we'll have a nice little crew there at Laurel on Sunday. Again, not the greatest sequence, I don't think. But you know, if you can find one or two favorites to play against in this sequence, you can get a little uh, paid. Hopefully the pool is a uh, decent size because they do have the stakes races. So, Nick, I appreciate you uh, you joining me and looking no forward problem. to seeing you on Saturday. Yes, sir. Good luck, everyone out there. Wish you the best. We'll be back next week. Looking forward to talking to you then. Have a good weekend. Ta-ta.